Most people are back from vacation. Um, and you know what the worst part about it is for me? Tell me. Seeing people come back with this glow, with the tan and the glow, it, it, it's unnerving. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all. Maybe that's because I'm going away next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that why? That could be it. <laughs> that could that be it. That could right? be it. So we're going to be doing a Zoom next week. Yes, we're going to be doing the Zoom. Your favorite thing in the world. You know that I have this you, s- inborn hatred. It's funny because, you know, our audience doesn't know all of the idiosyncrasies <laughs> that come with creating this podcast. 99.9% of those idiosyncrasies are just you. <laughs> and you're, he's like a real artiste, this gentleman. Oh, will you? Yes. It's like, it has to be just the right temperature. He has to have just the right coffee. It is a little hot in here. You see? It has to be just the right environment. Everything has to be perfect or the podcast cannot come to fruition. Yeah, I flipped the table once or twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm not scared to do it again. Calm yourself. Sit down. Anyway, yes, most people are back. Uh, and it's funny because uh, I'm, I am going to be going myself, as I do. Once a year, I try to go somewhere. But it happens to be, I don't know if this is just all coincidental or whatever, but there's been so many stories about travel in the news that I just couldn't ignore them because they were just crazy. So many are crazy. But I want I want to lead off with this one because it's it, it was in the Wall Street Journal. So it's not like, you know, it's not like some, you know, rag or whatever. And I'll read you the headline. And it says, the trick to a great marriage vacation without your partner ah that's what it's been all along (laughs) we didn't know (laughs) i didn't get this in shalom bias uh. (laughs) and it goes on to talk about how this is on the rise and it's 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 more and more frequent and they're saying that people love it it's actually more women than men isn't that isn't that surprising Hmm. it's surprising especially because someone had sent uh, a, a a video or something and I tracked down this study, it comes from a study from 2017, that says that men need to drink w- with friends twice a week to stay healthy, study finds. That men need to go out and have a guy's night out where they're hanging out drinking beers twice a week for a man to stay healthy. And yet this other thing says that women are going on vacations without their husbands. Well, first of all, like that seems excessive. Twice a week, you have to be out with friends in order to stay healthy. That seems a lot. Yeah, but it's a great negotiating point. Right? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Honey, the, the study says two. I'm asking for once a month. Come on. It's true. Right? Right. Like, What do you expect from me? Like, the minute you do something wrong, what do you expect? I didn't do my twice a week. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great negotiating point. But it got me thinking, uh, I mean, first of all, have you ever traveled? Have you ever vacationed by yourself? You know, it's hard to call it a vacation when you're by yourself. Because, like, I've gone, like, a friend has invited me to, to his bar mitzvah in, in Israel. So I, had to, I, I went solo. And, right? and, and? Uh, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> you but loved be- it, didn't you? <laughs> you, loved, <laughs> you loved it. Your wife listens to this, doesn't she? Yeah, I don't... By the time she gets to this episode... You will have already made up for it. Exactly. You're buying her something already. So if I'm being perfectly honest, it's it's nice because you don't have to consider anybody else, but there's definitely something missing. Well, I should hope so, right? I mean, yeah. this is your other half. Right. <laughs> Why are you smiling? No, no, no. I, I'm just saying <laughs> that it's like... not complete 
it's a nice break for you, uh, but you it. also like you need a break as a couple. Okay, he's saying this all because his wife is listening. <laughs> he's fixing. That's what he meant by he's fixing it. And I, I mean, I, I've been on let's say business trips where I'm alone, and I do get what you're talking about. Like you know, I often talk about my flying experiences. I like to be the first one on the plane. You know, first one in, first one out. I, I'm waiting at the gate from an hour before. First guy at the front, you know, waiting. And my wife is the extreme opposite. She's oh gosh, the I last have, person to get I on the plane. I have the same experience. Yeah. And I don't even want to get on the plane first. I don't care about being on the plane. My overhead luggage goes under the seat in front same. of me. Same. So I don't even need same. the overheads. But like I, would li- like, I would like them not to call my name. Yes. Right? And I'm sitting there. I am literally on every flight with my wife. I am the last person on the aircraft. And by the way, yes. it's me and the gate agent, like him looking at me with puppy dog eyes, like poor guy. And I'm just waiting. And then she's just casually, just casually with a cup of coffee. <laughs> exactly. And I would never drink coffee, by the way, before getting on a plane. Right. I mean, I would personally. I would not. Too risky. Too risky. No, no, no. You I, don't know what kind of bathroom needs you're going to have. No, no, no. To me, I, I'm going to sleep. So if I avoid the coffee, it's because I don't want it to disturb my sleep. I can't be on an aircraft and stay awake. It's just not. Those two things are not synonymous. Right. So that's why I'll avoid the coffee. But it's just we have such different styles, me and the wife. Same. Yeah. Same. So for me, what I w- where I was going with this is, for me, it's actually a little relaxing because I know I'm not going to be hearing my name on the on the intercom, <laughs> calling to get on the plane. I know that security is not going to be an issue. I'm because I know that I'm not bringing any water bottles because I've done this before and they've mentioned it twenty eight thousand times. Don't bring water bottles. And I know that I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Right. And for some reason, for some reason, we're going to just leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. So anyway, with my vacation uh, quickly approaching, uh, the, I guess the best thing I could do is be talking about all these horrible instances of uh, tr- air incidents, right? But the truth is, get it out now. <laughs> so that right. So that next week you're good. <laughs> so first of all, you know, this one was pretty crazy. I'm sure you saw it. Uh, there was a Delta 757. It was on the runway preparing to take off and a wheel came off of the plane a wheel from the front of the plane, the nose, the, you know, the wheels that are under the front of the plane, came off, rolled down the runway. <laughs> no, wait, I didn't see it, but it depends when it came off. Was it in the air no, and it just it, fell off? No, it, no, it was. It was, was still, taxiing? It was taxiing, exactly. And then it's just like the whole plane, everybody just shifted forward? Hey, I'll do one better for you. I'll. You could listen to the conversation from air traffic control. Would you like to hear it? But first, I need to know how it went down. It was on, it was taxiing. Before yes. takeoff or after? Before takeoff. Landing. Before takeoff. Okay. And then everyone just kind of lurched forward because the whole plane started scraping the tarmac. Honestly, apparently. I'm not sure because when you listen to the air traffic control, it almost sounds like the pilot's didn't know maybe because the other planes who are on the runway are radioing into air traffic control saying, Hey, I just saw a wheel pop over this. (laughs) I don't know what happened. A wheel passed me. That can't be good. I don't have brights, so I can't really bright the other plane. Here it is. Yeah. Listen to it. Tower, the seven five on the runway just lost a nose tire. Delta seven nine. Thanks for that. Delta nine eight two. Uh, tower sounds like we've got a problem. Uh, yeah, looks like we'll try to taxi clear if we could. Delta nine eight two. Roger. Um, if you'd like, start your taxi down the runway and just let me know. Roger that. 
982, this is the aircraft looking at you. you. One of your nose tires just came off. It just rolled off the runway uh, behind you. All right, tell you what, let me uh, talk to maintenance tower. Uh, let me have, uh, I'm going to contact our maintenance folks and see if we can get a tow in. Stand by one, please. Roger, go 982. Uh, tower, this is Delta 1783. You may want somebody to come out. It looks like the nose tire ran off the runway towards the end down there. So you see what I'm saying? It's almost like the, the pilot didn't know, and the other pilot is like, hey. Right. I just saw <laughs> a tire pass you. So, of course, I'm thinking, like, so what would have happened if the other plane didn't alert him? Like, were they just going to take off? I don't know. It seems like that. I don't know how the plane would be steady. So I'm assuming that if you look at the front tires, right, there's like two giant tires under oh, the so nose. so maybe one of them. One of them, right. Uh, and so maybe they didn't they didn't detect it. But still, I... No, that could have caused a disaster. Yeah, for sure, you think? Yeah. No, no, no. Not They would have taken off probably fine, but they would not have landed fine. Oh, for sure not. Because already, it's, it's the plane's moving, the plane has one tire, but when but the force of a landing on that tire, I don't think it would... Well, it does land on the back tires, right? But when still, lands. When, when it comes down, there's got to be significant force Yeah. on those tires. Yeah, for sure. There's a reason why there's two. Yeah, well, maybe that's the reason. So that it stays. You could lose one. And oh, you could still land. Interesting. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's to displace the weight equally or something. Anyways, uh, and in other plane news. So this is actually not bad, but for me, it's just more anxiety. It tailwind has now, there was a China Airlines flight and there was a tailwind that was created from the El Nino jet stream. Okay. This tailwind caused this plane to go 826 miles per hour. I mean, that sounds fast, but Which normal- is a record. Oh, it is? Oh, yes. A record for a passenger plane? Yes. It's a huh. record. Yep. It it actually ended up landing like an hour and a half early because it was going so fast. So a regular a regular uh, plane flies how, how much? You're on a plane. You usually see. I would say 525, 550. Exactly. Exactly. So this is 826. Faster than the speed of sound. Oh, so that's what I was going to ask next. Did it break the sound barrier? It did. It did. But interestingly, there was no sonic boom. Why? This is the crazy thing, right? So according to the article, the surrounding air was moving at 250 miles per hour. And so that plus the plus the planes... 550. 550, exactly. So... The ground speed was 826, but in the air, because the air was moving around it at 250, it still technically was only flying at whatever, 600 miles an hour. Very interesting. I interesting, wonder right? what the, you know how they have the uh, display that gives you all the flight information? Yeah. I wonder what that said. So exactly my fear, right? If I was on this plane and now, you know, because you know, I've told you, I, I leave the map on. That's what I have right in front of me. <laughs> right. Watching it like a hook. Like if I stop watching that, <laughs> right. you Who never know when they're going to need me. Exactly. Is anyone watching the map here? We need help. I have to go to the bathroom. You mind watching the map for a second? <laughs> it won't be long. <laughs> so if I saw that thing, like, you know, 500, 550, 600, 650, 700. 800? No, at that point? You would panic? Oh, for sure. See, I wouldn't. I would be trusting. I would be like, wow, I can't believe we're doing 826 in this thing. No. That's what I would be. <laughs> no. That- because I'm assuming that like they know what they're doing. I'm not looking for mistakes or reasons to become anxious. 
yeah, that's the difference between <laughs> you and me. I suppose. An anxious person and a, not a regular, normal person. But also, it's not a car. Like, nothing could happen if you go 1,000 miles an hour. Like, it's not like the tires, you're going to lose control. Like, what could happen? What do you mean? The pressure, the air pressure, the pressure of the plane, the pressure of the, of the, the, the structure of the plane. How do you know it could withstand those speeds? I'm sure that there's a number where it starts to have problems. Well, yeah, like in the thousands of miles per hour. Okay, you know what I mean? So you're, you're, you're worried, but I don't think that there's reason to worry under 1,000 miles an hour. But also, didn't they have a Concorde jet years ago? Yes, but that's designed to do that. That was designed to How do that. How much different can it be? Uh, what do you mean? And what about what about other aircraft? Like, this thing, uh, you have to- going to run into another aircraft? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Like what? There's air traffic control. They're watching these things. I have, we hope. It's only 100 or 200 miles over. Okay, that's a lot. That's a big number. It is, it's but nothing to be worried about. Let's move to Mexico. Should we move to Mexico? Andale. Okay. Well, this involves Aeromexico, which I have flown on, which I, it was actually pretty good. I've it's a respectable, respectable airline. airline. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I have too. Yeah, it was pre- pretty good. Pretty good experiences. Anyway, uh, it was delayed and it was sitting on the tarmac and uh, it seems that it got very, very stuffy. The ventilation wasn't working. Uh, there was no water being given to the passengers. And it seems the passengers weren't being updated on what was going on. Now, isn't that like a federal like regulation now? You yeah, have this, to update? Yes. But this took place in Mexico, in mm. Mexico City. So one of the passengers, he just had enough. He opened the emergency exit and walked right out onto the wings of the plane. Of course, he was arrested. But the other passengers are hailing him as a hero, saying that he saved their lives because it was so hot and it was so hot and stuffy and no water that they, people could have died. That's what they're saying. Yo no quiero morir. <laughs> but the truth is, there's nothing worse than that situation. No. Right? For sure. The claustrophobia that sets in, even though you're not a claustrophobic, yes. right? It's yes. hot. It's yes. sweaty and like no relief is on the way because they're not even saying not anything. Telling you, right? right? If right. they get on the thing and be like, "Okay, uh, dos momentos," like they'll say something that can make all the difference. Yeah, agreed. It's always easier to withstand like troubling something troubling when at least you're in the know and you know it's going to end soon. So like, why didn't they just come on the intercom and just like say something? Yeah, all we need is some hope. As right. human beings, right, right, we right. can withstand a lot if we know that there's an end to it, right. But if you don't know, exactly, it would definitely be helpful if the captain got on the loudspeaker and said, "Atención, damas y caballeros." <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it means, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, okay, fine. Because uh, have you flown yes, yes. or have have, you not? I have. I have. Apologies. This is your captain speaking. I know it's a little warm on the plane, but the good news is that we are going to play salsa music (laughs) over the loudspeaker. If you have a robe in your overhead compartment, feel free (laughs) to put it on and enjoy the music. But this way, at least you know it ends. Yes. yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you, if, as long as I it's- I would be comfortable with that. It's got to register. If that announcement came on, I'd be fine. If, yes. If the captain's registering what's happening, I'm a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And in more things that I have to be concerned about in the air, uh, Dan's Deals had a article uh, about Delta investigating a flight attendant uh, because he had posts that were, like, anti-Semitic. And that's like something you never think about, right? Like you never think about the people. I mean, obviously when I travel, so I'm wearing a yarmulke, I'm very visibly Jewish. And, you know, with all the anti-Semitism going on in the world, you never think to yourself, well, what if like the flight crew 
is anti-Semitic, right? Your eyeballs mean, are bugging out. That's something that you 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 you'll notice, right? There's How? A, How would you notice? Because there's a certain approach that the crew will have towards you, almost an accommodating uh, style of just approaching you, and you know that they're you know they're good people. And then there's sometimes the, a, a coldness, right? You can sense these things. Come on, it's not hard. Yeah, but I'm okay with coldness. I'm not okay with we want to you know destroy all the Jews. Like that's next level. That's not cold. That's genocidal. Genocidal <laughs> intent. You yeah, know what I mean? But, but you'll again. I think you would know well in advance. And also, there's not much the flight crew can do except like maybe not give you another bag of peanuts. Okay, what about the, if it's the pilot? Well, he wants to live too. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever heard of something called the Shahada? Yes, but that's not like, I don't think you're going to be on the plane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. Like it's, it's, Hope you're correct. It's a really one in a million thing. Okay. Like I, don't have, I don't think you have to worry. Okay. Okay. Feeling a little better. Feeling a little better. Uh, that's my job. <laughs> okay. So let's move on. Now that we're talking about anti-Semites, uh, we, I, I guess we do have to mention, we're in the anti-Semite section of this uh, show. We have to mention our poll. Oh, yeah, we sure do. We, we did do a, have to mention our poll. We did a WhatsApp poll, as we said we do in the last episode, and as I predicted, landslide victory for Elon Musk being a pro-Semite. Again, my point wasn't that he was uh, not a pro-Semite. It was that you can simultaneously be a pro-Semite, but also have some anti-Semitic leanings. That's all. That's all I was saying. Uh, I don't think so. That's what I was saying. Go back and listen. Listen to me. You want to have him on the anti-Semite spectrum, and all of us, including the majority on the WhatsApp group, say that he is a pro-Semite and he does not belong on an anti-Semite spectrum at all. true. That was one of the choices. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, just because the masses believe that doesn't mean anything. I am the producer. So we're not as smart as you, basically. (laughs) Correct. Wow. Otherwise, they would all be the producers of the show, wouldn't they? Mm. Huh? Huh? I, you know what? I'm not going to fight with you. <laughs> I have the, my people behind me. <laughs> well, Elon Musk did do, as we mentioned last time, he did that whole um, Q&A with Ben Shapiro. Yes. Among other things that he said was that he sees himself as aspirationally Jewish. Here's a little bit about what he said. I, I must admit to being um, somewhat, frankly, naive about this. Um, in the circles that I move, I see almost no anti-Semitism. And, and you know, there's this old, old, old joke, I've got like this one Jewish friend. No, I, I have like two-thirds of my friends are Jewish. Okay. <laughs> I have twice as many Jewish friends as non-Jewish friends. I'm like Jewish by association. I'm aspirationally Jewish. Um, so, uh, so, so I don't, you know, it's, I was like, what are people talking about with this anti-Semitism? Because I never hear it in, when, when, at dinner conversations. It, it's like an absurdity. Um, you know, it, it, at least in my friends. So, um, but but when you know, lo- looking at the the pro Hamas rallies in, in vast numbers that took place in almost every major city in the West, uh, blew my mind. Um, and on including on the elite college campuses that are supposed to be, you know, if you're an elite college campus, you're supposed to be enlightened. <laughs> you're not supposed to be fostering hate. What more do you want this guy to say? <laughs> he is aspirationally Jewish. Is he still wearing? I don't see in this video, I don't see him wearing the necklace, the hostage, free the hostage necklace. It's not there. But we know he wore it at Auschwitz because we saw the video and he was wearing it. In yeah, that so video. it's probably under the shirt. Under the shirt. Okay. Okay, okay. I'm still going to stick with my guns here. 
I'm going to stick with my guns. Of course you are, because you don't know how to pivot. You just don't. Yes, that is correct. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and speaking of Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro made uh, some big headlines. News. Yeah, big news. <laughs> big news. Big news. A billboard chart? A, a song? Well, not, not on the billboard yet. He was number one in iTunes. Okay, that's, listen. That's pretty significant, It's yes. better than you and I. Yes, yes. So, so for those who don't know, uh, there was a, a rap song that was released by a rapper named Tom McDonald. And he's like a rapper that sings about like, he looks like a stereotypical rapper, but he's, he happens to be white. And he raps about like what conservatives would rap about, like don't defund the police and, you know, things like that. It's almost like he's just trying to go against mainstream culture that sings or raps about the other way. Yeah, like a troll. About committing crimes. Like almost like trolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But the, the it, it's funny because anyone who's listened to Ben Shapiro, as you know, I'm a longtime listener of his, he makes no bones about, you know, bashing rap. He's done it for years where he has said that rap is not a form of music. And he's getting called out on Twitter x.com whatever it's called he's getting called out on it saying oh now you're this rap king but you've been bashing rap all these years but it's so stupid because he's obviously doing this i mean it's it's obviously a troll for yeah, him i mean it's publicity for him and it's trolling he's yes. totally trolling and also listen no press is bad press exactly so he's doing what he's got to do just to build his brand but also he's an individual that can pivot Maybe you should take a page out of his book. What do you? What do like, you? Have, why like are you so obsessed with that? Yesterday, I, I rap was bad. Now I rap. So, <laughs> well, I I still say Shapiro was trolling, and the, I'll prove it. Here's what he posted on X. He wrote, "I just want to thank God, Tom McDonald, and my parents who paid for 15 years of classical violin lessons so I could become the number one rapper in America." trolling yes great. but no but also no meaning he's just saying that he even though he had zero training to rap because he was trained in classical violin he still made the top of the chart yeah but he's being sarcastic obviously that's what he that's what he's doing he's obviously the whole thing's tongue-in-cheek i think he's finding the humor in it but i don't think he's bashing rap no he's not bashing rap in this instance right. no i agree i agree so anyway here's a little bit of what shapiro's portion sounded like I've got the facts, my money like lizard, my pockets are fat. Homie, I'm epic, don't be a whap. Dog, it's a yamaka, homie, no cap. Look at the grass, look at my charts. You're blowing money on f***ers and cars. You go into prison, I'm on television. Dog, no one knows who you are. Keep hating on me on the internet. My comment section all woke Karen's. And I make racks off compound interest. Y'all live with your parents. Nikki, take some notes. I just did this for fun. All my people, download this. Let's get a billboard number one. So a little heavily auto-tuned for me personally is it but it's a wonder to me that he didn't get into this sooner i mean he speaks so fast but yeah that's that's funny right? that you mentioned that because everybody's talking about how he actually speaks faster on his show than he does in this rap <laughs> exactly yeah. this fam he had to slow it <laughs> yeah. down yes. just to yes. do this rap <laughs> yeah yeah no so I, again i really believe this is an epic trolling by ben shapiro i think you know it's the same way you know they they, they created jeremy's razors and jeremy's chocolate on the Daily Wire, created those things. But those are legitimate businesses. Yeah, right they turned now. them. But they started out as a troll, and now they've turned into legitimate businesses. Yeah. So, so you're saying we're, we're at the beginning of Shapiro's rap, new rap. career. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think we'll see a follow-up single, but you know, you never know. Yeah. True. Well, speaking of trolling, the most epic trolling was 
happening once again from our favorite senator, <laughs> John Fetterman. I, he is my absolute favorite person in America Could today. I, yeah. No, no. Like for, for the year. For the year. Okay. He, he can really. Be, so he's person of 2023 because we don't really know what 20, 2024 holds. Yeah. Although this happened in 2024, this trolling. So, right. so what happened was, let's just tell them, we'll include the video in the WhatsApp. There was a, a group of protesters who protested outside his house. Here's a little bit of how it sounded. So while they're doing that, he goes onto his roof with a giant Israeli flag and just stands there waving it. He drapes it down <laughs> over. I thought it was his office because it doesn't really look like a home to me. No, no, that's actually his home. So I I, I saw in the comments because people were saying that and they said he lives in a former car dealership that was turned into a home. And I was like, that's just amazing. This <laughs> <laughs> gets better and better. It kind of checks out for him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the yeah. basketball shorts, the hoodie, yes, living in an in old car, car dealership. <laughs> it's perfect. By the way, it's, it's perfectly part of his persona. 100%. But they had to be fuming when that Israeli flag came down, and there's nothing, nothing you can do. you can do. But you know what? It's not cool protesting in front of his house. You know, this is his job. In it, it's, it's a job. It's not his home. You know, you don't come to his house and do that. It's not, it's not cool. You know what? They don't have lines that's right the pro-palestinian protests they don't care they'll shut down the airport yes shut down jfk like what people have to go somewhere like there are sick people that need to go right like get surgeries right right. it's like nah we don't care right river to the sea yeah you're right you're right before we continue by the way we have a shout out and this is a shout out going out to chaim yehuda rabashkin he's the campus shliach in oneanta i don't mind pronouncing that right like i know (laughs) i know why am i looking at you right Oneonta, New York. I would say Oneata. But there's an N there. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it needs to be ignored. <laughs> it's a silent N? Yeah, possibly. Okay. Well, his name's Chaim Yehuda Rabashkin, and he's the campus shliach, and uh, there's a shout out. Okay, so continuing with our coverage of the anti-Semites and Israel. Let's go to Israel for a second. Uh, well, actually, it pertains to Israel, but uh, I know you saw the article about UNRWA. Yes, a lot of people uh, defunding them. Yeah, eight countries so far have defunded them. Because of a report that Israel shared that showed that at least 1,200 UNRWA employees in Gaza were affiliated or took part in October 7th in the massacre. The report further stated that around 50% of the UN agency's employees in Gaza have at least one close relative with ties to the terror group. And now they're saying that they won't be able to stay open to the end of the month Yeah. without the funding. Yeah. Well, you remember Trump defunded them. You remember that, right? Uh, vaguely. He defunded them completely. And in 2021, Biden reinstated the funding. Well, it's also one thing if only one country is not funding you. But when you have eight countries that decide to yeah. cut off their aid, yep, yep. then you know you kind of have to close up shop, which I don't know if that's the best thing. Like, I'm not sure. Is it the best thing if there's no UNRWA? Yes. So yes. they should just be gone? They're terrible. They're terrible anti-Semites. Uh, they've been assisting the terrorists. We know that one of the hostages was kept in a home of an UNRWA teacher. Yes, I saw all that coverage. Okay, that's However, bad. But how are we going to get aid to the people who need it? I don't know. I don't know. May form a new organization. UNRWA is corrupt and horrible. But I did see that Germany said, don't worry, we have other ways to get aid to the actual innocent civilians. There you go. There you go. And that's what needs to happen. UNRWA is horrible, and it needs to be destroyed and disbanded. Not destroyed, but disbanded. Uh, and someone else needs to fill that void. Someone who's not as corrupt and not as anti-Semitic. Any suggestions? <laughs> I'm not volunteering. Okay. 
Also, the major, major news was that three Americans were killed in an attack in Jordan. I saw that. Now, that was big, big news because this is the first time American soldiers have now been killed in this uh, skirmish or whatever this is. It's a war. It. What do you mean skirmish? No, it's a war. I mean, it's a war for Israel, but not really America. But now American service people have actually died. It happened from a drone attack that was sent from Iraq from one of the Iranian proxies. And what they're saying now after doing some investigation is that at the time, the base in Jordan was expecting a drone to be returning, one of the American drones. And this just happened to come at the same time. So the air defenses were lowered for the other drone when this drone came in. And unfortunately, uh, three service members made that ultimate sacrifice. And we have yet to see how America is going to respond. But the common denominator that I keep hearing is Iran. Yep. They are the head of the snake and then and then i think uh lindsey graham yeah. tweeted out uh that we should destroy iran, iran. not not destroy you have to hit tehran hit, yes right yes. and then tucker carlson came in and he said you people are crazy yeah but he always does that and he's he's an anti-semite so he's, he's pretty high on the i'm, highla- I'm highlighting that <laughs> yes. for you yes just to bring your point home, yeah. that as much as people like Tucker, because he does speak logic, he speaks to people, and he's he's he sound logic most of the time, but he's not like into this war at he's all. He's not into any wars. He he doesn't believe in, uh, you know, he doesn't believe in. He's, you want to say it's xenophobia? I mean, he's very America. Stay out of it. Isolationist. That's that's how he rolls. Right. So he does not support Israel in this war. He he says we should stay out of it. Let Israel deal with it itself. Uh, we shouldn't be involved. Uh, he also believes in... Well, it's hard to call him an anti-Semite for that, though. No, I'm not basing it on that. I'm basing it on... We've covered this on the cast many, many times. But but he, he really... I mean, Lindsey Graham is really going for... And, and something that Trump said, actually. Trump tweeted, or he truth-socialed, that we have to bring back peace through strength. I, I happen to believe he's correct. I think that peace through strength which is something that Ronald Reagan, President Ronald Reagan, used to always promote. Um, Tucker is not on board with that whole philosophy of peace through strength. Well, I think that's been the Biden administration tactic. and um, peace, Has been what? Peace, peace through strength? Peace through weakness? Yeah, that, exactly. It's not really working that great. Yeah. Like, agreed. just let's accommodate everybody, but then everybody thinks they can do what they want. Exactly. Exactly. Well, not everybody thinks they could do what they want, because also speaking about Iraq, so this this attack came from Iraq. I did see this video of uh, what I think are these high-ranking Iraqi service members, right? Oh, is that the slap? That's the slap heard oh, around the world. that's a great video. Yeah. So this is what it sounded like. <laughs> I mean, the, what's great about this video is that the person doing the assault is the junior officer yes and he's like he's beating up his superior yeah it's crazy and it's like slapping him and like biffing him i guess and then elbowing him to the back and he's crying he's crying (laughs) but also he's dressed like a middle schooler 
Like they have the uniform, but the way it fits him is like the way it would fit like an eleven year old. It's the wrong size. Yeah, it's very tight. You know what I'm saying? It's like that stage where the kids start to grow out of their older clothes and they like right. you're kind of trying to delay having to buy them all the new stuff. Like that's yes. where he is perpetually. So we're gonna put this video on the WhatsApp chat so that you can have eyes on and see exactly how ridiculous this is. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I also don't have any clue what was going on. Yeah, if anybody speaks Arabic who's who's listening and yeah. they could translate this for us, please do so. Yeah, if you're Iraqi uh, and you're a cast listener, yeah, definitely reach out. <laughs> We'd love to have you on. Don't invite them on. Why not? They don't get an invitation. You have to Iraq? have a lot more. Wait, if you're a Jew living in Iraq right now, I'd love to hear from them. Okay, no, no, no. I, I right? agree. I agree. That's true. But actually, speaking of which, I ha I recently paid a shiva call to a Persian family. And we got to talking, and they said, "Oh, you know, you know, we have other family that's sitting in Iran." And I was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! How you have family still in Iran?" He's like, "Yeah, what are you talking about? There's over forty thousand Jews there." I was like, "What? Did you know this? Because I, I, I had no idea. I knew there were Jews left in Iran. I didn't know it was forty thousand. And they can leave, and they're choosing not to. Well, also, you know, it's those hard-headed." type of people no no they don't no. know how to pivot they no. can't pivot <laughs> you're back to the pivot <laughs> no he was telling me that a lot of them came to other countries like america israel whatever and they they just weren't doing well they couldn't fit into the culture and they went back and he's telling me that there's just a regular community there and they 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 have a normal life and they're okay of course every so often you know somebody's gonna get arrested and go missing or whatever but they're choosing to stay there for the most part it's peaceful yeah it's pretty wild to me there is a no place like a home <laughs> we have uh, cheap gas true here. true also all you can eat gourmet zabzi <laughs> that's also true so sometime we take a beating <laughs> oh but you know worth it so worth it maybe sometime firing squad oh ouch that's, <laughs> no that's ouch. okay if you're listening to this in iran please reach out to us please do we would love to have you on even if you speak farsi we will put a subtitle <laughs> but it's not on video so it doesn't help <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving out of Iran, let's come back to the United States just for a second here, because I saw this article and it made me so angry. I think all of us can appreciate this. New Jersey enacted that ban on plastic bags, right? How annoying is that ban? Well, you know, a lot of people not keeping to it, like a lot of stores. Yeah, but when, when you go to a store and they are keeping to it and you don't have a bag and they give you that dirty look like... How could you not bring a bag? You like, want to buy one? Yeah. Now you have to buy one. Right. Or, or they don't, like I committed some sort of crime. Yeah. You go to Stop and Shop, by the way, you have to buy, like for $1.50, you have to buy a bag. Right. But you know what? Don't give me the dirty looks. If I choose to buy another bag, I don't have to, you know, come with a bag. But it's, it's just so annoying. And they instituted this ban. And now, according to a study, it turns out that since they instituted the plastic bag ban, Plastic consumption has tripled in New Jersey. <laughs> okay? How crazy is that? You know what? It just makes it more desirable. It, what they found was, is because the recyclable bags that you're talking about that you have to pay $1.50 for use a lot more plastic, and people 
instead of carrying them and bringing them and reusing them, they're throwing them out and buying new ones. Right. I have never brought back a bag to exactly, a supermarket. Exactly. And you and the overwhelming majority of people. But I also get so angry at myself when I see this stack do. of bags when I get home. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> we all have gone through that. But it just, the whole recycling thing, and we've talked about this before, the whole recycling thing is a racket. It turns out that the stores from selling those recyclable bags are making a ton of money. Yeah, because they're all markup. You know that. A hundred percent. Dollar fifty for that bag. That costs two cents. Right. Out of China. Yes. Yes. And it's hurt bad for the environment. The whole thing is a racket. Okay? I have to agree. And of course, what would this cast be without a story coming out of India? No, really? come on. Really, you have one like, like that? that yeah. No, really, you have one? I do. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> what should I do? Should I ignore these stories? Give it to me. <laughs> okay, I will. So uh, it seems that India has a major problem with potholes. Mm. I didn't know this, but they do. So a man, an 80-year-old man who was being taken in an ambulance, unfortunately, he was declared dead before they got to the hospital, and they were just taking the body. So it seems this ambulance went into, it hit a major pothole. And after this pothole, the grandson who was in the ambulance noticed that somehow that pothole woke his grandfather up. Oh my God. And he was actually not dead. Wow. The pothole saved the grandfather. Miracle. Miracle. <laughs> you know, you have to wonder about the healthcare in the rest of the world. Like, how are they pronouncing somebody dead who's clearly not dead? No, no, no. So I. I it seems, according to the article, the pothole, the jolt that this ambulance took, it somehow resuscitated him, almost like a defibrillator would do. Oh you know what I gosh, mean? Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, because it literally brought him back to life. Maybe that's why the ambulances take that road. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Probably he drives through and he's like, all right, clear. And they, they go right <laughs> they through a pothole. <laughs> clear. Boom. <laughs> because the people in the back need to be holding on to something. Yeah, you you're know? right. So if the traditional defib- <laughs> the traditional defibrillator doesn't work, you take pothole road. Yes. And in this instance, <laughs> right, saved saved grandpa's life. That's right. Saved ah, him. Yeah, that's an interesting take. I yeah. like it. I like it. So maybe they do know what they're doing more than we think. Yeah, I like that take. It's a nice take. And we got a, uh, I, I don't know if it was an email, it was a WhatsApp, someone from Australia who had sent us a message and said something like, you know, you guys make fun of Australia, but we're okay here. You know, it's not that scary. <laughs> it's not as bad as you not think. as bad as you make it. But what can we do when these stories just keep popping up? Like this one. This is from the New York Post. The second most venomous snake in the world was found in a toddler's underwear drawer in Australia. Wait a minute. Like so that doesn't happen in New York City. Hold on. What is the first venomous snake? <laughs> like I need to know the hierarchy here. Okay. Well, first of all, this was a five foot eastern brown snake. That's the second most venomous snake in the world. Doesn't sound so scary, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, tell me it was like a like an Australian cobra or something. Yeah. I'll be like, okay. I'm, I'm, no, no, that's what it is. It's the uh, yeah, it's the brown snake. The brown snake is the second most deadly snake on the planet. Yeah. And it was found in a poor kid's drawer. His underwear drawer. That's the worst because they try to do that by themselves. What does that mean? That means like they want to dress themselves, kids. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, that could have ended very very exactly. badly. Exactly. I mean, fortunately, it was removed. Nobody was hurt. And they, they investigated and they said that the mother had, I guess she had some uh, clothing outside, hanging outside, you know, drying. 
And the, the snake must have climbed into like a pocket and she folded it. She didn't realize it was there and folded it and brought it into the house and put it into the drawer. And like people on social media were like, what type of underwear are these? <laughs> like they have pockets and compartments <laughs> and, for kids? And that a snake could be amongst it right. and you don't know? <laughs> but you know what it is? I, I kind of feel like the way I read it was like in Australia, they don't care. Like it's so normal to them. They're like, yeah, okay, there was a snake. It was a snake in the, in the underwear. Yeah, come on. That happens every week, you know? The guy who removed it, he actually said, here's a quote, they weigh next to nothing, and seriously, this can happen to anyone. I've seen people carry brown snakes in their handbag or otherwise shopping bags. One day, this could happen to you. Once again, why I will not be living in Australia. I, they never bite, mate. They <laughs> never bite. But pretty scary. Come on. Absolutely. And just to answer your previous question, the saw-scaled viper. That is the deadliest snake on the planet. The, we'll say it again. Saw-scaled viper. Saw-scaled. Yeah, viper. Wow. So that sounds scary. So like, what like, makes it the most poisonous? I guess probably because you don't have a lot of time from the bite to the to the consequence. So I'll tell you, uh, according to uh, thebritannica.com, it's responsible for more human deaths than all other snakes species combined. But why? Because... It's very aggressive. It bites early and often. So I guess it doesn't take much to get this snake to bite. Its venom is actually only lethal in less than 10% of the untreated victims. But I guess since it bites so quickly and so often, right. that's what makes it so deadly. It's an agitated species. Yeah. But did you ever see that doesn't video? doesn't know how to pivot. Where the <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see that video where they're actually taking venom from yes, the snake? From the fangs. So, so, so they put the fangs into like... Like it has to pierce something. Yeah, like and then the venom goes into the cup. And then they mix the venom with a little bit of blood, and that blood congeals so quickly it turns from actual liquid into just this blob that's almost solid. And that's what occurs when it bites a human being. The blood around it and in that area and in the effect, you know, wherever it's infected with the with the venom just congeals immediately. And I can imagine that, you know, the consequences are not too far away after that. Yeah, I would say so. But it's not only in Australia. In, 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 in all fairness to Australia, there was a home renovation project in Arizona. And when they removed one of the walls, it turned out that right behind this wall, there was a den of Western diamondback rattlesnakes. Oh, those don't sound good. Behind the shower walls. Those are poisonous. Yeah, those are, those are also dangerous. But the, the, the weird thing is because, like, these are rattlesnakes. They make a lot of noise, you know? Nobody noticed... Like, what were they doing in the showers that they couldn't hear a den of rattlesnakes? <laughs> Maybe the snakes were on vibrate. I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's deserts. Stay away from deserts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Israel's a desert. I mean, a lot of Chazal talks about snakes, right? Mm. You know, they used to be much more common in, you know, the more you live in the desert areas. Yeah, hot, arid climates tend yeah. to uh, be kind to snakes. Yeah, yeah. So we're not going to be moving to Australia or Arizona anytime soon, but I am going on vacation, and that means you're going to be hearing the next cast on location. I'm not so, going to be thrilled, so be warned. <laughs> I'm going to have to deal with his anger again. Uh, but don't forget to check out buymeacoffee.com slash Club, where you can help support this cast and help keep us creating the content that you love. Thank you to the people that heeded the call. And of course, remember, we can't do it without you. Exactly right. And we thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to join the WhatsApp group. You can do that uh, either from the show notes or visit us at kiddishclubpodcast.com. 
follow us on x follow us on instagram and until next time kiddish club out This episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.